shot score. This crowd explodes. Brian Nugent Hopkins, an absolute gift. 21 seconds in. McDavid and Chuck scores. Connor McDavid has won the Battle of Alberta for Edmonton. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. You slow down the Seattle Kraken. Nobody's been able to figure it out over the last week. They keep on rolling tonight in Montreal. 5.20 left in the first period. Seattle already up 3-0 on the Canadians. And they're out shooting the Habs 18-2. 18-2 are the shots. 3-0 Seattle leads Montreal. Still five minutes left in the first period. Also in the first, no score. Preds and Senators early second period. Philadelphia has jumped out to a 3-0 lead on Buffalo. The other NHL game tonight is right here on 6.30. Ched, we have our face-off show coming up in an hour, and the puck will drop at 8.30, as for the second time this season, the Oilers take on the Los Angeles Kings. It's the start of a four-game road trip for Edmonton, as the Kings are one of the teams they are chasing in the standings in that Pacific Division. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the 6.30 Chet Airwaves, used to play for the Kings, now an analyst on Bali Sports West. It is Jim Fox checking in. Jim, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Doing great, Reed. Thanks very much for having me. I know that it's a bit of a cliche and tired in some circles to start a conversation with a question about the weather, but I think it's relevant given some of the things I've heard about Los Angeles the last few days. So what has been going on weather-wise there, and how unusual is it? Well, it's uh, Stormwatch 2023 right now. Uh, it's spitting. It's just spitting out right now where I am. I'm driving into the game here at Crypto.com Arena. Uh, we've had a lot of rain. Uh, we need a lot of rain. We can use more rain. We just can't figure out how to make this desert sand that we live in absorb that rain so we can have it around for a while. But uh, other than that, it's pure hockey weather. Okay. Sounds. Uh, so somebody told me it was uh, almost monsoon conditions down there, but maybe it didn't quite hit Los Angeles then. Well, it's uh, monsoon uh, has a different definition depending on where you're you live and and what you're used to so when it's spinning like it is now to a lot of people that grew up here that's a monsoon okay i got you all right uh, well thanks for checking in tonight it's always good to have you on the show i, I, I am going to get to a, a couple other uh, non-hockey topics with you but i'll save that uh, for the end we'll, we'll dive right in here and, and i'll just start with a general question about the kings they got a pretty good record. Uh, they're 23-14-6. and six. They're, they're, they're second into the division in points, third in points percentage behind that Seattle team I was just talking about, but pretty good. And yet, defensively, the, the numbers say they're not, they're not that good. I mean, we, we talk a lot about the Oilers' goals against here in Edmonton per game. The Kings are actually a little bit worse than the Oilers when it comes to preventing goals. And LA's also minus four in, in goal differential. So how are they pretty solidly in a playoff spot despite some of those unflattering defensive numbers? Yeah, I think we can look deep and go into the analytics and do all that, and we have. But I think, to be honest... The first 25 games, the first 30 games, goaltending was a real issue. Uh, if you looked into the analytics, you would see that the Kings were preventing quality chances against. They were preventing passes into the inner slot. They were really good in those numbers, but 
They just couldn't keep it out of their net. You add to that the penalty kill, which was really, really bad early. It has gotten much better of late, but it was so the numbers went so far against the penalty kill early that it's going to take them two months to dig out of that. Like for as far as ranking and percentage and those things, it's going to take at least two months to get back to a norm. Uh, so for those two reasons, uh, the Kings, when you look at the analytics, they actually were doing pretty well, but couldn't keep the puck out. That cost them the goals against that cost them the ranking, but still able to win games. All right. So then we got to dive into Phoenix Copley, who has been called up. I believe his hometown is North Pole, Alaska, which is a heck of a place to be from. Uh, he's 10 and two. I, I mean, is is. Tell me a little bit about uh, about Copley and and was he a guy the Kings even you know when the season started they they thought they'd be using in the NHL this year. You know they thought he was going to be there just as an insurance policy in case someone was injured. Unfortunately, again because you know Cal Peterson, who is expected to play more and more this year, a first year of a three-year contract, paying him five million dollars a year. So you know sometimes those prescriptions that you put on you, you, you have to play. Uh, Cal did not have a good start. So he's in the American Hockey League. Uh, Jonathan Quick's numbers were not good, so Phoenix had to be the guy, and he's been more than that. Now, having said that, and again, I think back at the beginning of the year, the Kings knew they had a higher-skilled team. They bring in Kevin Fiala, first year with the Kings. Last year, it was Deneau and Arvidsson. This year also, you Kaliev, know, who's hurt right now, Gabe Velarde, who's the Kings' leading goal scorer, they've taken steps. Adrian Kempe, he had 35 last year. So there's more skill there, but the Kings had a difficult time of reading when to go for it and when to hold back. For the most part, it was all attack. So there were some, you know, there's some nights where, you know, the 9-8 night against Seattle, where, you know, the goaltenders just took it on the chin. And again... I think they did struggle, the goaltenders, but now under Phoenix, he comes up. It's at the point of the season where the team as a group learns, you know, if we're going to win games, we're going to have to buckle down. They did buckle down. Phoenix comes in with a style that is very calm, economical movement, almost prototypical butterfly blocker of the puck. Make the first save, figure it out after that. He's done that. He's calmed things down. He's stabilized things, and he's 10-2. Yeah, pre pretty amazing. And he's scheduled to go against the Oilers tonight while Stuart Skinner will uh, will be in a goal for Edmonton. Todd McClellan, you know, I got to know him here. Uh, he was here about three and a quarter seasons before he was uh, let go after a disappointing start in 2018-19. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, about him this season and his, uh, his impact and how he's sort of, uh, you know, the things he had, has had to work through to, uh, to keep things steady here. Yeah, I think he's had to work, and it's, it's great. Again, the increase in skill is what every team wants. The Kings wanted it for, for, for years. It was the Kings can't score. Now they're okay there. The one thing I've noticed about Todd the last two seasons, and it's something that I think we went through here when Phil Jackson was coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, and that is I think Todd is the same philosophy that you can demand from the players, you can tell them what to do, but you've got to let them figure it out and I think that's what Todd has done a year ago it took the Kings until mid-January before they even started to talk about what they felt their identity was this year that talk started earlier but again I think Todd is the type of coach right now with the group he has that just kind of he lets them figure it out 
feeling that in the long run, that's going to be better for the team. In the long run, because they've gone through adversity and come to the conclusion themselves, along with a nudge of the coaching staff, uh, in the long run, that'll help them better. So that's what I've learned about Todd. I think you know, great communicator. Uh, the way he uses, uh, you know, his words to to def- describe and define situations, he makes it that much more easy for everyone to understand. These two teams played uh, in November, mid-November. The Kings won 3-1. I, I, I just, uh, hope, I'm hoping I'm not putting you on the spot here because I know you've seen a lot of games this year <laughs> over the course of your career. I thought that was as rugged any team was against the Oilers this season. I, I'm just wondering your thoughts on uh, on that game. And, and is, that, or is that the Kings as a whole, or do they pull out a little extra beef when they're taking on uh, that little more beef mentality when they're taking on the Oilers. Yeah, I, I think you're just trying to, you know, make sure the middle of the ice, you know, the home plate, whatever you want to call it, is taken care of. And to do that many times, you have to you have to be a little bit more physical. Certainly that's the goal against any team, and maybe even more so against the Oilers because of how, you know, they're known for their skill with two guys that can take over a game at any time. And as far as I know, with Nugent Hopkins and how far he's playing this year, there's three guys that can really impact the game. You want to pull together. I, I will tell you this. At that point, it was the best game the Kings played. It was one of those games where they got back to their identity, which is check first, check for your chances. Uh, Now they have the ability, the Kings do, to counterattack, which they didn't have before. They could check and they could counter, but they couldn't counter with the the skill and the production they're doing right now. But, yeah, if if they're going to win again, it's going to be, you know, the Kings are in the midst of a, a segment of their schedule right now where they've really, really played well defensively. The details have been there, and they're going to need exactly that tonight against the Oilers. All right. Jim Fox joining us tonight on Inside Sports, getting you ready for the Kings and Oilers coming up at 8.30. I said I wanted to, I always love to get getting to know people away from the rink as well. We know a lot about Jim Fox, the broadcaster and the uh, former hockey player. What can you tell me about Jim Fox, the winemaker? Well, how about... Uh, co-founder of a wine label uh mike smith not the goalie uh not the hall of fame jockey jockey but uh, mike smith is our winemaker um wine label that i co-founded is called patiné it is french for to have skated the past tense of skate uh we make right now we make pinot noir from sonoma and from santa lucia highland here in california we're about to release our first Chardonnay coming up and also a Cabernet coming up later this year. Uh, but um, it's been going very, very well. It's highly acclaimed. The critics love it. Wine Smith, our winemaker, Mike Smith, our winemaker, is just kicking butt in everything that he does right now. So, uh, uh, it's it's something I'm very proud of. 2011 was our first vintage. Uh, which came out in 2013, so I did not get a chance to drink it out of the 2012 Stanley Cup, but I had a chance to drink our 2012 out of the 2014 Stanley Cup, and I'll never, ever, ever forget that. Uh, Was this an interest you had while you were playing, or did it start post-playing? Probably mostly post-playing, but just basically going to a restaurant here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, Formosa Beach, it's called the Bottle Inn, 
their biggest uh, thing they were known for was their wine list and uh, just started taking classes at UCLA and then UC Davis here which is world renowned for winemaking uh, started to travel around the world and everywhere we went with my wife Susie we would go and take seminars and classes and then finally had a chance to make uh, our own in Patanay so we're very very proud well, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, Jim, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. I, I, I believe you're you're driving to the rink now. This is about a, an 11-minute segment. So in LA traffic, I assume you went about two blocks. Sorry, I had to go there, Jim. Um, just, <laughs> just, just getting out of my driveway right now. <laughs> that's how bad it is. Yeah, okay. There you go. Oh, this was awesome, Jim. Thanks for doing that. Enjoy the game tonight. I think it'll be another good one between these two rivals. Yeah, yeah, it's a rivalry now because of last year's playoffs. So uh, everyone looking forward to tonight. Thanks very much again for having me. Right on. Love talking to uh, Jim Fox. Played for the Kings 578 games from 1980 to 1990. He was in that Miracle on Manchester game. I know that's a bad memory for Oilers fans of the vintage to remember that. The Oilers blew a 5-0 lead in the third period and lost 6-5 in overtime in a best-of-five series back in 1982. Uh, always good to talk to Jim. So, yeah, L.A. doing well, and they appear to have solidified the goaltending a little bit here with Phoenix Copley. 10-2, and two, and he's only been up from the minors for about a month and doing great stuff for the Los Angeles Kings. All right, it is Inside Sports on 630. Chad, always happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter. At Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S, and you can email me inside sports at 630ched.com. Tales of Gold from Gunther when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent setting injury lawyers. And Kings are going to get going at 8.30 tonight. Uh, a late one. Maybe good the Oilers are on the road. Uh, they have won their last three road games and are 11-6-1 away from Rogers Place. Uh, not so good at home, as you know, with uh, a record of now 10-11-2 on home ice. Uh, first meeting in Los Angeles between these two teams. They played at Rogers Place on November 16th. The Kings took that one 3-1. Okay, so Dylan Gunther, former Oil King, now with the Arizona Coyotes. The golden goal last week for Team Canada at the World Juniors. He scored in overtime. He was on with Shea Ganim earlier today talking about the big moment. I was a little stunned at first. Like, I, um, you know, growing up, I mean, you play that goal in, in your driveway, like you said, a thousand times, and, and you dream of that moment, and you dream to play in this tournament and ultimately win gold and to score that. I think, uh, you know, it was just surreal. And, you know, I've been getting a little bit of heat for uh, the celebration after <laughs> I forgot to throw my stuff. But, uh, I mean, while the play is going on, I uh, I mean, I obviously know we're in overtime. It's three on three, but going through my head is not... Uh, what am I doing? What if I score this year? It's uh, right, yeah. When he gets to the cross, just try to get the puck up, and it went in, and he threw his stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, the way that, that was it. So, uh, pretty pretty exciting stuff. Was there a sense of relief? I mean, being part of Team Canada at any international tournament. 
tournament. A dream come true, of course, but but it's not easy, is it? I mean, anything short of total victory is, is kind of seen as a failure in a way. So is that how you felt going to Halifax? And was there almost a sense of, oh, we did it when you won? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think with anything, when you work so hard towards it, uh, when you achieve it, you can kind of take a deep breath and, you know, be proud of yourself. So, uh, you know, we battled hard. Like, like you said earlier, we lost the Czechs uh, first game of the tournament, so we had a little bit of chip on our shoulder there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't only the gold medal game, but, uh, they, you know, they beat us in the first game, and so uh, we wanted to kind of get them back for that one. And you may have seen a, a post uh, making the rounds on the Internet over the week. Weekend as Arizona played uh, was playing in Pittsburgh, that uh, Gunther got to have a moment with Sidney Crosby, who also scored a pretty big golden goal himself. Yeah, that was special. So I, uh, I mean, I got off the plane. Uh you know, 1 o'clock the, the day after and then had the rest of the day, so I practiced uh, not yesterday, but the day before as I was leaving, Pittsburgh was coming into practice, so they asked like, you know, if you stick around, you have the opportunity to meet Sidney Crosby, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, I mean, this guy is a Canadian hero, I mean, he scored like the golden yeah, goal, and he, yeah. he's everyone's like, he's my favorite player growing up, and uh, you know, just a huge part of the Canadian culture and hockey, obviously, so I get to kind of meet him, and and talk with him and almost like share a similar like experience with him that it uh, it still doesn't feel real i mean he he was my hero and uh my favorite player growing up and for him to take the time to uh stop and uh you know chat with me i think was really special and that's something i'll never forget a little bit there from Dylan Gunther on earlier today with Shea Gannam here on 630 Chet and Gunther right back in it into the NHL now with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. We do have some Oil Kings news to get to that we'll tell you about in the next half hour. They make a couple trades today and they had an incredible individual performance over the weekend. We're going to have the player on who delivered that performance. Kellen Kennedy is uh, down the hall in the control room at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing great, Reed. How about you? Well, yes, we are We, we are both late today oh, when it comes to a favorite team that we have because the Seattle Seahawks are in the NFL postseason. Woo-hoo! Now, how would you describe my optimism for the Seahawks season before it started? Uh, caution, uh, cautiously pessimistic. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good way. That's to a nice it. way of putting it. Because I, I thought five wins was going to be their max. Yeah, I, I Probably same, four, so. maybe three. They got to nine, and thanks to a dramatic overtime victory yesterday and A.A. Ron Rodgers and the Packers coming up short against the Lions, Mm -hmm. the Seahawks are going to the playoffs. I have a buddy who cheers for the 49ers, and he texted me last night. He said the 49ers are going to rip Geno Smith's head off. And I said, very possible. Yeah, quite possible. But at least he's (laughs) in the postseason. Yes. And by the way, the Seahawks won the Russell Wilson trade by a wide margin because Geno, I never thought I'd be saying this, Geno outplayed Russell quite considerably. And uh, oh, by the way, the Seahawks have the Broncos' first round draft pick. So I, I, I'm pretty happy. I, I know the Seahawks are going to be a, a big underdog against the Niners. And you know what? I'm fine with it because they got in in a year that I thought was going to be a disaster. Same.